You're listening to Artemis Projects podcast. I am currently in Belgrade with Maria Bjekic, Serbian artist whose work explores and references the 20th century utopias, the position of working class and the architectural structures that govern the behavior until they collapse. Yes, it's a very good description. As you will find out, Maria's style combines hyperrealist drawings and the geometric forms of Russian constructivism and Bauhaus. I would add that uh, there is a black background in every drawing, and that is some kind of negative space, and it's neutral. It's like territory for action and for thought, almost like a cut-out space, because it's black. And that's why it is neutral. It's just uh, like not present. And when you say it creates space for thought, I guess the viewer is invited to fill the space in some way. Yeah, viewer can add whatever they want. Uh, But for me, it's like it has atmosphere of unconsciousness. It's full of potential, but also empty. When I was initially thinking of how to describe your work, I was tempted to say that it's a combination of traditional techniques hyperrealist drawings combined with modern geometric and almost graphic style. But then I was um, thinking a bit more about it and actually wondering if it is fair to say that hyperrealist drawing is a traditional technique because it seems to me that it's a reaction to emergence of photography and attempt in a way to show that human hand could reproduce with equal precision. I would agree. I'm interested in photography and contemporary art used as documentation. Photography exists as a document after the act. I usually use photos from um, parades and uh, greetings of, you know, people gathered and they greet president, for example. That's a mass performance. Then it was not a performance, it was like a like a normal thing. You can see today also different forms of demonstrations, but in those times people actually were full of enthusiasm and full of faith and, yeah. Subject matter-wise, you're interested in reflecting on utopian concepts and ideas of the 20th century. I'm curious to know which utopian ideas and concepts do you have in mind in particular. It seems to me that the 20th century was very utopia-susceptible, as utopia would be a place or a state or even a state of things where everything is perfect or simply just better. Also, that was visible in many art movements that emerged at that time. How would you describe utopian ideas being present in those kind of works? There must be some belief they had because they feel confident to destroy what was established until then. So that that was very brave and uh, it must have some background in some strong ideas. In the hope of emergence of some new kind of world. Uh, Yeah, that's right. When I asked you previously, when we had a, a little conversation, why this utopian ideas interests you from the artistic perspective, you answer that it's um, your deep reaction to the state of things as they are, as yeah. they are now. Yeah. 
did you by that mean that the ideals have failed and it's your reaction to the failure of those? Um, exactly, yeah, yeah. Because your work is inspired in some way by, well, in, in quite a strong way, I would say, with Russian constructivism and Bauhaus. Yeah, I, I even want uh, my you know, compositions to uh, look more like those, to be obvious. Because some of them are not so obvious, but I want uh, to make it clear that they rely on, on those ideas. And you're often referencing working class in your drawings. Is there a particular reason why they interest you? Yeah, I belong to a working class family. And in today's uh, media and public speech, there is no uh, such thing as, or concept as working class. I guess that is leftist language so it is not used now now we are people of serbia or whatever i know uh, it's not typical of serbia it's everywhere also important thing is that in my country working class is degrading to cheapest in europe that is how our government represents us so that is one of the things now that deeply bothers me your work then um, it seems to me is an attempt to celebrate the working class to kind of reclaim its dignity in a way yeah yeah celebrate is maybe a too strong word but um, i don't think about it actually um, but yeah i'm this is not a reflection but a contrast of what is now your work is a contrast to the current situation That's when it right. comes to... That's right. When and how visually the workers are featured in your works? Uh, they started to appear as uh, my protest to... I actually started to notice because I'm from working family and I know how things are and um, I know how people struggle to find work, to find uh, normal job and normal payings, which in my country is uh, it's not so common. I was also in that situation, I couldn't find a job and I didn't find it. So I was starting to notice all these things about labor and relations to everything and uh, I started to, you know, feel like people must uh, again dream of justice and fight for it. Mm. And these hyperrealist drawings of workers are often surrounded with architecture. Yeah. Uh, there are images of socialist buildings, brutalist architecture as we yeah. call it, or with simple geometric, almost grid-like forms. Yeah. What about the use of architecture and geometry interests you? I honestly don't know. I hated socialist buildings when I was younger, but that is important for me now because that's how I learned to appreciate what I didn't like before. Uh, that was time of transition from communist country to capitalist country, but we will never be capitalist country, just capitalist possession. This transition at the beginning was very alluring for everyone, you know, especially for younger people. Uh, but yeah, we were never like independent country. We always uh, depended on the Western money. That is also one thing that I found out <laughs> in this research. I didn't know that before. It was not a um, known fact. Mm. 
so the reason why you're using and referencing brutalist architecture is, as you said, because you now it's important for you and you have learned to appreciate it. Yeah, when I was younger, I really didn't like. I really didn't like. I couldn't stand that. I I thought it was very ugly and ruining our city and I hated traffic, I hated everything that has to do with industry. But uh, as I grew up I learned things and find uh, out how this actually built our country and brought people together. And that's how I was created. <laughs> so uh, I started to appreciate it. Those buildings uh, represent this atmosphere that I'm very connected to and uh, that I want to transfer in my in my works. I know that's hard and maybe impossible, but it's, that's like my anchor. So these buildings are really bringing this atmosphere. I like what you wrote on your website in connection to this question. You said, I couldn't stand being surrounded by ugly concrete buildings, brutalist architecture. <laughs> like the most of my generation, we thought they are anachronistic. We undervalued them. And that was the case for most of the time when social justice were actually realized and taken care of, unlike today. Yeah. It is a paradox that human side of this aesthetic and social arrangement was not perceived as such. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I've really responded to looking at your work is, um, well, use of geometry, but then there are these geometric grid-like forms that create a strong structure within which hyperrealist drawings float yeah. and these are the drawings of the workers of the working class and then at the same time there seems to be uh, some kind of disarray as if the structure between which the images sit is falling apart yeah yeah those those figures they're not only working class but the people also from today and uh, it's important to me to show these people in their that state of enthusiasm I mentioned before, so I like uh, to find images where people are laughing, cheering, even singing, dancing. So these figures are um, handling these grid forms and other geometric forms. They are sometimes uh, holding them, or this grid is holding them. My aim is to find balance. So there is a sense of mutual support with the human figures and geometric forms. Yeah. And what about the disarray that happens where the form breaks? Because another thing that you speak about is that your work is connected in some way to the idea of renouncement and potential. Yeah. In the sense that I'm seeing, in, in the sense that it is ordering combined with the chaos. I'm seeing it as um, the structure that holds the society, as you say, and its enthusiasm, but it's also quite fragile and could break in a, at any exactly. given moment. Yes. yes, that's right. You're reading it well. <laughs> yeah. I feel these times uh, as very uncertain, and uh, it is obvious in my work. 
is it also an um, invitation or a desire for the structure to break? Actually, I'm not sure that it's a desire for for chaos. Maybe more for um, picking up and building ruins again. But I know that is um, the way I put these things now in this conversation. I know that is impossible, and I don't want you know literal build up. Mm. So it's kind of a utopia in itself. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, utopian thinking. I don't think uh, that is bad or wrong, but actually needed to build and structure new good ideas, new useful and uh, constructive ideas. Mm -hmm. But again, as this world is uh, perfect for capitalists, I uh, try to make these utopian ideas of value for everyone, not just uh, for rich people. Your large-scale paintings are actually painted from the smaller-scale collages that you first make using cutouts from historical books. Yeah. And what is the process of making these collages? And where do you find images? Yeah, these images I find in uh, uh, different kinds of archives. big one is the uh, archive of Museum of Yugoslavia. That's where I found those uh, parades and uh, and the gatherings of people. Uh, were you always working like this with collages? No, no. This is what I started just recently. I never worked with collages before. I was an artist in residence, and uh, I needed some uh, geometric shapes, and I didn't know how to to materialize them. Uh, what they should be made of or how should I apply them to my works so it happened by chance that I was uh, sitting on a black sofa and cutting white paper in geometric shapes and I started to make composition and that's how it all started actually so it was um, totally un unexpected and unplanned and uh, you did mention that Dada is one of inspirations in making collages, they use the method of chance. Yeah. When I previously asked you a bit about it, you did say that there is an influence of Dada uh, and per perhaps there is quite a bit of chance in making collages. But then I also remember somebody else asking you the question and you did also say that there is an organization to it as well, that it's not purely just as... The things yeah. fall on the sofa uh, that you yeah, actually yeah. do rearrange them a yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it all started like that, but uh, I started to see how uh, how these uh, human figures uh, work with those geometric shapes and uh, how they can create this balance or this unbalance. And so I also saw them as builders. So they are there as uh, holding those parts and uh, as they are part of the structure. They are there to, to be one of the elements. They are treated all equally. Mm. I like that thought about them being builders. <laughs> yeah. I recently had 
uh, a really lovely privilege to actually uh, go and see the Academy of Fine Arts here in Belgrade, which is quite a beautiful building. Mm -hmm. And then you took me out to your uh, studio. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the other artists asked a really interesting question, I thought, uh, and she knows your work from before, and she was wondering whether being in this space influenced and changed your practice in any way. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, yes. I wanted to, you know, maybe rent a studio or something, but I couldn't afford it. So somehow it happened that uh, PhD students have right to come to studios and work with regular students, and they used it. And uh, that feels uh, perfect, really. So right, because I'm with these students that are still in their learning phase, and I already overcome that. But uh, this atmosphere feels really good because they're talking a lot about art. And uh, yeah. do you find it useful to talk about art and to, although it's challenging to express your ideas, but yeah. do you find that process useful for your practice? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Every time I talk, I uh, I view my work anew. Completely anew, like uh, with new eyes, with new perspectives. Um, sometimes when I talk, I get confused because so many ideas are coming to my head at the same time. So, so yeah, this this affected my work a lot. I always wanted to, you know, make larger drawings, but I couldn't at home. I could just make uh, small or middle-sized. So now. I started to work on bigger, much bigger drawings. And even though they are bigger, in this space they don't look so big, so maybe they will be bigger, even bigger some, someday. Mm. And always on paper or maybe directly on the walls as well? Is Yeah, I'm thinking about different uh, approaches. Still I feel only natural in paper, but I guess that will change with time, yeah. Do you take breaks from your practice? Well, I take, <laughs> I take, uh, you know, breaks when I must. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, this year was very weird because I was never sick, but this year I catch flu a few times, viruses, <laughs> so I made breaks, uh, unwanted breaks. Mm. So yeah, it kind of slow, slowed me down now. When <laughs> And things are really going, you know, strong. If those enforced breaks would not happen, mm. you would be working all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I really like coming to, to this studio and work every day. And I am um, asking this to most of the people I interview because I'm quite interested and concerned with the working conditions for mm -hmm. artists. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how do you make ends meet? Yeah, that is really important question. And uh, but I must say that I think I'm lucky in this way because uh, I mean lucky. I mean I live with my parents and they support me, so I don't have to work. But if I had to work, and actually I feel that I have to nowadays, um, it would be a job that is. Uh, in a gray zone, so
so not a proper job but babysitting or something but what I found is by being forced to work on the side would take so much of creative energy yeah, away because right. it's really exactly. you know I, I assume like if you would have to be coming in and out of your creative uh, flow it's just really uh, damaging for the that, process that, yes yes you're right that is really um, and I know that uh, that's happening everywhere now that artists are not supported properly so and especially here um, people people really can't make it if uh, if they are not really because we don't even have art market we manage only with um, if we sell uh, abroad so mm. so we also need a lot of luck really mm. in Yugoslavia there used to be a system artists were at least given a free accommodation um, yeah, there was uh, like um, association of artists uh, that that is still working, and for established artists there were like huge uh, studios available, so they can use it. Um, uh, but what happened is that they, uh, after this transition period, they turned it into their homes because they couldn't afford homes. So nowadays artists don't have this privilege uh, to have these um, state studios. Mm. <clears throat> and yet there are so many empty spaces, I assume, that yeah. if there was a vision, they could be turned into... That is right, but uh, the state um, uh, just wants to use everything for them, so they don't see art or culture as important. They're cutting budget for arts, so... It's a shame because at the same time what I have observed by being in Belgrade for a few weeks now is a really fascinating art scene and a group of voices and creativity mm. and courage and and also, you know, Belgrade is becoming this really interesting tourist destination ah, yeah. and uh, you know I would even describe it as a little Berlin mm. um, and it's art that makes it so you know without yeah, art it would not be that and and then you know you have tourists which brings money into the country so it's obvious that art matters That's and yet right. it's being totally uh, unrecognized yeah yeah but uh, it should be recognized. It's uh, it's again based on enthusiasm of artists. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Artemis Projects podcast. For more about our projects, head to artemisprojects.com.au.